Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined a right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Episode five of the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan back with you as always. Brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. If you're not already, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe for episodes twice a week after every series. And Sean, you were there last night to wrap up this series that we're going to talk about, which was a sweep of the Angels. They, I mean, LA came in slumping a bit. They had lost, I think it was five in a row heading into this series, but still a potent lineup of Ward, Otani, Trout, and the Yankees held them to three runs over three games. The pitching staff continues to dominate. And more importantly, after losing two in a row to Tampa to close out the series at the Trop, they come back and sweep this three-game series. And regardless, it's always hard to sweep a doubleheader. And that's what the Yanks did yesterday as we record here on Friday. Yeah, I mean, a three-game sweep, sweeping a doubleheader. And they held the – I think going into the series, we were like, well, let's see how the, the pitching holds up. But, I mean – the Yankees made Otani and Trout look like non-factors. Like, listen, I know they're great. I know they're great baseball players, but they, um, you know, the, to have one run in each game, that that's a recipe for success for the Yankees, even though last night looked like a little dicey there, but um, Rizzo come, comes up with the big hit. But I mean, I think, I think the tone was set. We, we started game one with the Yankees winning nine one, but you know, Montgomery pitches a scoreless first inning, and then in in the bottom of the first, you have this rally where, I mean, Trout did not look good on two plays in center field, which was really surprising. He just had an off series. And that, to me, kind of is what, what stood out from their perspective. But 
you had you had timely hitting and then you had Carpenter hitting a big home run in the first inning to make that lead from two nothing to four nothing. And the Yankees were on their way for, for the rest of the rest of the series. Um, you know, Trevino had a great first game too. I mean, the slide he has or the to get around the the, the tag there, uh, I think it made it like five or six nothing at the time. And, and then he hits the home run late to really put the nail in the coffin. But again, the, the, the pitching this series was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I guess Montgomery had the worst start because he only went seven innings and gave up one yeah. run. Whereas, you know, you had Cortez go seven and give up none. And, 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 um, and uh, obviously Tyone last night carrying the perfect game into the eighth inning, giving up one run eventually. But I mean, the, the rotation was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I thought uh, Carpenter had two big hits, both in the first and the second game. The second game that uh, that at bat against Otani really showed that they had Otani uh, timed up in, in, in game one yesterday. But, um, you know, overall, I thought it was a great job setting the tone of, of, of being back at home and, and beating up on a team that, yeah, they're scuffling, but they have a lot of talent and they didn't let that talent play this series. Yeah, even even Syndergaard in game one came into the start with an ERA just over three. He was really strong in his last start before uh, Tuesday night. And like you said, the Yankees got to him right away. Uh, Carpenter with a home run. And then Carpenter works that really good at bat against Otani to open up game two of the series. And game one of the doubleheader, the 11 pitch at bat that turns into a leadoff home run to set the tone in the bottom of the first inning, which, by the way, made him just the third Yankee ever to have three home runs as his first three hits as a Yankee. The other two were Higgy and then Alfonso Soriano, who homered for his first major league hit in 99, then came back to start the 2000 season and hit two more home runs in his, as his first two hits of that season. So that was a cool little nugget. But uh, Carpenter's been exactly what the Yankees would have wanted him to be, which is a lefty power bat that can feast on the short porch. And he got one just over the porch on Tuesday night. And then... Um, then the home run on in game one of yesterday's doubleheader was a little more of a no doubt, or at least in terms of distance, it was just a matter of, was it going to stay fair or not? But like you said, Montgomery, just a ho-hum seven innings of, of one run ball that one run came in the seventh inning when maybe he was starting to fatigue a little bit, but otherwise he was, he was dominant, actually got some early run support, which I'm sure was a surprise for him. Honestly, the the run support troubles have kind of transferred over to Tyone now because his last few stars, he can't get any run support. And he was, like you said, perfect through seven innings when uh, when you were there last night at the stadium. So that must have been a been a cool experience. I feel like you feel like every perfect game or every no hitter always has that one big defensive play to kind of save it. And you had that with IKF on that play up the middle where he just made a, a great throw across his body to one hop it over to first base. At where LeMahieu, I think, was playing first last night. But, um, yeah, it was yeah. Just, the pitching staff continues to deliver. Yeah, I mean, it was um, – you know, I, I with the rain delay and everything, I think the crowd was kind of slow getting into the game last night and even realizing that there was a perfect game going on. But once we got into, like, the sixth inning and then especially in the seventh, uh, really the – and I think Tyone said, like, he started to notice the crowd picking up and that's when he really started to think about it. But yeah, that play by IKF was huge. Uh, just beat Otani, and and like that was kind of the inning I had in my mind. Like if they get through this, he's got a real shot because he had to face Otani and Trout uh, for the, for the second time. And um, 
you know, he gets Otani on that, on that really tough play. It wasn't like Otani hit the ball super hard. It was just really good placement. And then he gets Trout to fly out to left. And uh, you're kind of thinking, you know, we're, we're pretty close to being on our way. Like, I mean, I know Walsh is, is a good hitter and he's given the Yankees some trouble, but um, you know, he just happened to Tomahawk, Tomahawk an O2 pitch and, and, and found, you know, to, and to lead off the eighth and, you know, that, that happens. And that's why there's only been, you know, so few perfect games. It's really hard to get, but I mean, Tyone was absolutely brilliant. I don't think he gave up a hard hit ball other than the uh, Suzuki uh, Suzuki hit that, um, that wound up giving the angels a temporary lead there, but he was brilliant. Um, the curveball was, was really working. He made Otani look foolish on, on, on one strikeout and uh, really up until that, that, Suzuki hit no hard contact. He really had it working. It really was like one of those games where you felt like it could happen because his stuff was so good. And uh, the Yankees were playing pretty good defense behind him. I- IKF, like you said, made a play. I thought Andujar's looked actually decent in in left field. The only uh, you know last series against Tampa Bay, he made that diving catch, which he broke back on first. He definitely didn't need to do that. But other than that, he seems serviceable out there for sure. And, uh, you know, he had he had a big hit yesterday, too, to get that rally in, in the eighth inning going, um, kind of living up to his uh, his billing as uh, Miggy two bags there or, or, you know, whatever. So uh, definitely, definitely an exciting, uh, exciting win to close out the sweep for sure. Uh, not just because of Tyone's bid at, at history, but also because you have it have an eighth inning comeback and it pinch hit. Uh, you know, a pinch hit single with the bases loaded for Rizzo. Um, I mean, I know it was on the ground, but he did smoke the ball right back up the middle, which hopefully gets him going. But it was really exciting game. And then Holmes really had some trouble there in the ninth inning to to add a little bit more drama on top. But I mean, overall, it was a really fun series. I thought, um, you know, you had kind of like the game where the Yankees hit a bunch of homers in the first game and and just the rotation just continues to be so good. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, just talking more about Tyone, who you can't talk about enough. I mean, just even aside from the season he's having, this is a guy that's overcome cancer and Tommy John surgeries and another and an ankle surgery this past offseason. And here he is making a bid to be an all-star this season. And the control is just out of this world. No walks again last night. He has five walks through 58 and two-thirds innings, which is just absurd it's, it's amazing what his control has been like and you and you think about last year which one of one of his Achilles heels was which you always heard about on the broadcast and everybody talking about how Tyone had trouble putting hitters away once he got to two strikes last year and that hasn't been a problem this year he's even you look at last night going into the eighth inning he had to get through the seventh inning and he mows through Ward Otani and Trout in the seventh to get to the eighth inning, which is impressive because that was his third time through the order against those three hitters. And all three of them are elite hitters, especially Trout, who's arguably the best player of our generation, who's having one of the best seasons of his career. We all, we all know about Otani and his power and war the breakout players in the league. So it's pretty impressive what Tyone has been able to do here in uh, here through the first, you know, two plus months of the season. I mean, if, if it wasn't for Cortez, that's all we would be talking about is the year Tyone is having. But Cortez just happens to be a more kind of fun story, I'll say, uh, because of, but I mean, Tyone's story is amazing, too. He's a cancer survivor. He's Tommy John. You know, he had Tommy John and he, this is his free agent year. So 
I mean, you have to be super, super stoked for him. And if it, you know, the Yankees have two amazing stories on their hands in Tyone and, and, and Cortez, where they could be the first two pitchers <laughs> coming out in the all-star game. And, and, you know, they, this is a team that has Garrett Cole and then you have Severino, you know, coming off an of injury and Montgomery has been pitching really well, but I mean, Tyone's been absolutely incredible. Uh, I, you know, we talked about this last week. I'm super happy for him because you know that this is this, uh, you know, even if he just kind of regresses a little bit, uh, even a, a moderate amount, it's going to get him paid when he's had to come overcome so much and he deserves that payday. So I'm really, I'm really excited for Tyone. He's throwing strikes. He's really, he's, he's being very aggressive. Uh, it, it seems like this year he's not afraid. And, and, you know, he was saying like, he was just going after the corners and, and, and really just making sure he didn't miss over the middle. And, and it showed because the angels got no hard contact up, up except for one hit by Suzuki. Like that, that's crazy to have one, you know, one barrel all, all game. Um, you know, he was, he was f- absolutely phenomenal last night and he's been phenomenal for a while. And you know what, um, you know, the, the run support wasn't there, but the Yankees did get the the two runs while he was still in line for the win, which was nice. Cause it, you know, the, the, I, I went with a couple people and they were just like, one of them's not the biggest baseball fan. And when I was explaining how the wind gets, gets a word, <laughs> she, she was like, this is so stupid. Why, why would they, why would he have to take a loss? He gave up one run in eight innings. It doesn't make like, look, that's the way it is. It's, it's a silly stat, but I mean, that was nice for him to get the win. Yeah. That's why nobody cares about pitcher wins and losses, but I'm sure when you're a pitcher, it feels a little better to have that W next to your name, considering how, how well you just pitched, but you mentioned Tyone and Cortez and potentially both being all-stars. I think at this point they have to be. And I think at this point you can make the argument that Cortez should be starting the all-star game. He has an ERA of 1.5. Now he has, uh, and he's doing it a lot differently than other pitchers. You know, he's in the bottom fifth percentile and fastball velocity or something like that in the league, but he's in the top four in the league in strikeouts. He's just the way he's doing is incredible. And you look at Cortez and Tyone specifically, they're both in the top 10 in the league in war ERA whip and home runs per nine. Tyone is right uh, neck and neck with Gaussman for the league lead in walks per nine. And then, like I said, you have Cortez in the top I think he's fourth in the league in, in K's per nine. So I, I, I think at this point, these two have to be, have to be all-stars. Oh, I, I, I think they might be your first two pitchers in, in the all-star game. I mean, that'd be sick. Go from Cortez right to Tyone. I mean, they're who, who's better, you know, they're, they've been, they've been absolutely incredible. I and mean, we, we got a little bit ways to go here, but it's, it, they've both been, been just phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, really, really excited to kind of watch this this play out here. It it reminds me a lot of, and you know, it reminds me a lot of '98, honestly, where or you know, even like 2003, where you had just a rotation that you knew no matter who you were throwing out there, you have a really, really good chance to win. You know, '98 it was the two Davids and Cone and Wells, and then you had you know, Pettit and then eventually El Duque, and then in in '03 you had Pettit and and Clemens still. Um, you know, juiced up out of his mind, getting the getting his uh, three hundred wins there, four thousand strikeouts, uh, and then Moose and uh, and Wells again. He was he was back at that point. So um, yeah, it's it's been incredible. But they have five guys that are that are good. So that's even better than either of those teams, right? Ninety eight, they had a Rabu. Oh three, they had Weaver. Well, no, who was the the fifth starter in 03? In 03? was it Weaver? 
I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the fifth starter, Seve, and he's got like a 3-3 three, three ERA. It's it's incredible. Um, they've just and, and then when they get a spot starter in JP Sears, he pitches great too. So the pitching has been awesome. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's all Matt Blake or, or what it is, but the Yankees have really found something uh, in whatever they're doing with this rotation and it's, it's carrying the team. And I know they're the Bronx bombers, but I think, you know, throughout, throughout the, the dynasty years, kind of like us growing up watching the team, the Yankees were always the best when they had that rotation where every day you felt like they had a really good chance to win. And that's, what's making this season so exciting and so special. So I mean, people should, should enjoy this man. Cause it's, it's been a while since it kind of felt this way about the team and they've, they've, been really good and they got a little bit of mojo they got some vibes going on just like that's, the new york rangers that's, yeah we don't need to talk about that but um but yeah the rotation sec uh second best era in all of baseball just behind the dodgers whose era obviously went down last night by shutting out the mets um but back back to cortez and just how you mentioned the Yankees are fun when the rotation is good and you know, you always go into a game with, with a chance to win, but it's also just, it's also just the way they, they prevent runs specifically with Cortez. Cause he's just super fun to watch as a more cerebral pitcher. And just, a, it's so, it's kind of like, you know, in a sense of Mariano Rivera, when he was just a middling pitcher and then he found that cutter and all of a sudden, and, and he had the Jedi powers, as they called it when it happened, jump in velocity that nobody could explain. Cortez just found this cutter in 2021. He had never thrown it in his career until last year once CC Sabathia taught it to him. And now he's throwing it 40% of the time. Like I said, the velocity is way down, but the strikeouts are way up. And he just, he's a, he's a throwback. And it's really, it's really fun to watch his, um, expected slugging percentage is just 316 so nobody is squaring the ball up against him and he is also this was a nice nugget I saw from Katie Sharp our former friend of the podcast but he's the first Yankee ever through 10 starts to have at least 65 strikeouts and an ERA of 1.5 or lower no Yankee in history has ever done this it's it's pretty incredible and then you look at the collective like you said everybody in the rotations contributing after the Game one win on Thursday. They had given, uh, they had logged the fewest runs allowed through 50 games in franchise history and then just allow one run again the next game. Three runs the whole series against a potent Angels offense, like we said. It's just, you can't, you can't say enough about the pitching staff. Yes, the bullpen has some questions. Uh, and home, it was super weird to see Holmes struggle just because it's so foreign, but he worked his way out of it. And again, just, can't say enough about the rotation. You could certainly make the argument it's the best in baseball right up there with the Dodgers. But uh, in terms of the American League, I don't think there's a pitching staff that, that can compare to the Yanks right now. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I mean, absolutely. And it, it shows the Yankees have the best run differential in the American League. I think they're second in all of baseball, only behind the Dodgers. They, they do have a better record. But um, yeah, they've, they've just been absolutely dominant. And I, I like to, you know, with the whole Nestor story, he said like this, uh, you know, he wants to be an inspiration for people who don't throw a 98. And, and it's true. Like we've seen so many guys throughout our lifetime that don't th- like, like Maddox. I mean, it, it's harder for these guys to break through. So when they do, it's really, really fun. I don't know how long this is sustainable for, for, for Cortez, but I mean, the league has seen him between last year and this year and he's still doing it and his control is getting better like you said and and he keeps he and you can see it like guys see that cutter and they're flailing thinking they're getting a you know straight fastball and they're missing and and you know it's not coming in at the velocity that Mariano had but um he's getting swings and misses on it cuz he's got a, a handful of other pitches and arm angles and and delays in his it's just it's just a treat to really watch him watch him play and uh you know it's been really fun but um you know, to, to shut for the whole rotation to shut down, um, Otani and Trout and, and, and Ward and Walsh, the way they did, it was just, just a treat to watch them kind of carve them up. And, uh, you know, I don't come, I don't come away saying that they're not good baseball players, but the Yankees certainly made them look like they're not good baseball players for three games here, uh, to start June. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And Otani has had his struggles against the Yankees, at least on the mound. But he's even regardless of that, he's still always a big threat at the plate. And the Yankees held him down, held Trout down, held the entire Angel offense down, somehow contained Tyler Wade and Anthony Velaz- Andrew Velasquez, too. So what's up? Velasquez trying to bump for a hit with two strikes. That was so <laughs> weird. He made a nice diving play at shortstop. Though. Oh, that, yeah, that was a great play. Yeah, he made a really nice play. Yeah, well, all all the best to him. He was an awesome story last year. But the Yankees took care of business. And again, you're listening to the Bomb Brothers podcast. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. A couple hot and cold for the offense real quick before we we move on. But you were talking about Miggy in left field and how he's been serviceable in the outfield, which is great because obviously he wasn't serviceable at third and they needed to do something about that. But, but with the bat, he's, he's been looking, he's been looking pretty strong. He's not always getting the outcomes yet so far, but I don't know what you've seen from him. Everyone's kind of waiting to see how, if he could ever get back to anything close to his rookie year in 2018, but he has a higher barrel rate this year than in 2018 so far and a higher expected slugging percentage. So he's actually been barreling the ball up pretty well. And it seems like, you know, especially with Hicks and Gallo struggling the way the way they are, you know, maybe maybe Miggy could could stick around for a while and and be another outfield presence out there to help give Judge a rest sometimes. Because I, I know I personally wouldn't love to see Judge playing center field all the time because he's so important, and I just don't want to see him wearing down down the stretch of the season. But Having a having Miggy in left field seems to be a bit of a a bit of a commodity for the Yankees right now. Yeah, I mean he's he's been good at the like you could see his at bats like there there's a couple where you could see the rust, but 
I mean, overall, the the eye test plays out what the numbers are saying, where he's barreling up the ball. He, he, he found a gap yesterday for a huge double in the eighth inning, which really started that rally. And he's a guy when he, he, he got a walk yesterday, too, which was unlike him in, in 28, 2018. Right. So he's he's seeing the ball pretty well, you would think. Um, he's, he's been really, really good at the plate. And like we were talking about, he's been okay in left field. Okay. Enough where you can, I mean, I'm, I'm fine going Andujar Hicks and, um, either Stanton or Gallo in right field. If you want to give judge a day off here and there. Um, and, and I think that would be huge because the left field situation that they had going with Gallo, uh, as the full-time starter, uh, isn't working. Gallo's looked terrible against left-handed pitching. Um, and, you know, to have to have Andujar out there, a, a right-handed bat that maybe you could create a platoon situation, um, even or or just go straight with Andujar being the starter. I think that'd be awesome, and it's it's a great story because I think you know I think Yankee fans really fell in love with Andujar in 2018, Miggy Two Bags or whatever his nickname was, and to see him find a gap last night, hit the ball hard. You know, he had a hit in the first game of the series too. Um, pretty excited to see, uh, to see what he could do. And and you could also do it with, you know, I kind of like the way that they did it with Carpenter in the, in the first game of the doubleheader where Carpenter was in for the righty. And then you brought in Andahar facing left, you know, so if he hits, they're going to find a spot for him. Absolutely. And then another positive, we mentioned Trevino's big game and then the series opener, he's got his season OPS up to like seven in the seven thirties. Now he's almost around a, around a league average hitter, which again, earlier in the season, the Yankees were getting absolutely nothing offensively from the catcher position. So now all of a sudden Trevino is stepping up and becoming a bit of a, a threat at the plate. So that's another huge development for the Yankee lineup. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's hitting for power now all of a sudden too. I, you know, it's a, a home run in the opening game of the series, uh, which, which was huge. It's a little nifty base running in the opening game of the series, which, which kind of surprised me. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, oh, and, and he had that pickoff as well in, in mm-hmm. the first game of the series. He's just been great and it's needed because Miggy's been, uh, Higgy, excuse me, Higgy has been terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trevino has been a great story. I think whether it be the walk-off or just the the play in this series, really another one of those kind of like, Oh, we got a little bit of magic going on, but also, I mean, he's, he's not just finding like little bloops. He like, he's hitting the ball hard. Yeah. He's hitting the ball hard and hard is hitting the ball hard. Someone who's not hitting the ball as hard of late, at least. And again, had a huge hard hit back up the middle last night. We're talking about Rizzo. He had another big hit to help set the tone in game one against Syndergaard, but looking at Rizzo's month of May, now that that's officially in the books, he had an OPS of 580 in May, which was about half of what he did in April when he was red hot and taking a, you know, hitting home runs alongside the same pace as guys like Judge and Stan, but his expected slugging percentage also cut in half from April to May. His uh, his swing and miss rates actually lower in in May, and his chase rates around the same. So it seems like he's still, you know, seeing the ball well, but not not as good contact. And his launch angle's up five degrees too. So he's not not getting those balls out of the ballpark. Instead, he's been flying out a lot more, but. Hopefully, hopefully Rizzo can start to turn it on. Maybe that hit will get him going, but it would be nice for the Yankees to get some more production offensively 
from the first base position. Obviously, Rizzo does plenty on the defensive side, but if the Yankees could get Rizzo to where he was earlier in the year and alongside this pitching staff, the Yankees are, are, are going to be fairly unstoppable. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, I mean, I, I assume you probably were not listening to the post game on on the fan after the game last night, as I was as I was driving home. But just one of the great joys of my life is is getting in the air conditioned car and and putting on the fan after a Yankee win. Oh yeah, um, on on for the ride home. But uh, you could throw all the fancy numbers out there you want. I think Susan had the absolute best analysis where she said that she thinks Rizzo is going to be like the Frank Sinatra song. You're riding high in April, shot down in May, but in June he's going to change that tune. So, I mean that that seems to be the way it's going for for Anthony Rizzo. She actually sang it for everybody who was listening. Just you know, if 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 we can dig that up, you, you, it's worth a listen. Uh, just you know, Susan's a gem and uh, just absolutely fun to listen to, and and I love the way that she she brings her enthusiasm to the game. But regardless, I'm very excited to see uh, Rizzo come up with a big hit there. And, and sometimes it's stuff like that that gets guys going, right? Like just like, you know, I mean, he smoked the ball back up the middle, but more importantly, hopefully that gives him a little bit more confidence. He, he was really fired up after, after, I mean, he kind of reacted like it was a walk-off while he was running up the line. And it, 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 the game definitely had that kind of intense feel. So I was really happy to see him get a hit. And you know what? Even as bad as he was in May with the bat, his glove has saved the Yankees so many. He's oh, yeah. been incredible. He's just like a vacuum over there. Um, you know, and you know, I think we kind of have gone, uh, you know, we had Teixeira and now we have Rizzo over there. We kind of, you know, had, um, had a uh, Voight for a little while with not, not as good defense. Uh, it, it's nice to have a really, really good uh, defensive first baseman again. And that's, that's another, another staple of really good Yankee teams, whether it be Tino in, in the nineties or, uh, or, um, to share in the 2009 run, like the Yankees have a really good first baseman and it's huge because, you know, with the shifting and everything, these guys are making some throws that they're not used to making. And, and Rizzo's just saying, chuck it over there. I got it, man. And he's been a vacuum. He's been incredible. And, uh, you know, while he had a really bad May, but a hot April, like he's always been kind of a streaky hitter. So we'll see what happens um, moving forward, but maybe this gets him going and we get him on another hot streak here in June. Yeah, we'll see. I certainly have have high hopes for for Rizzo. We saw what he did in April, and there's no reason why he can't pick it up in the summer, in the warmer months. But again, pretty good showing from the Yankees overall and pretty good showing from the Yankees overall through the first quarter of the season now that we're just over that at, what, 51 games or something like that. So just over a quarter of the way through the season or the end of the first quote unquote marking period, as we used to call it when we were in school and it was report card day. So, uh, Sean, how about a little rapid fire and let's dish out some grades through the first, uh, quarter of the season. I'll start with the, uh, most obvious one, which would be the starting pitching and just go ahead and give that an A plus plus. 
Oh, no, no disagreement from me. If we're just giving the whole rotation, just a, a plus. I mean, if, if we're going to d- divvy it up, I would probably give Cole an A minus and Seve an A minus. But I mean, they, they've been awesome. I'm not grading Seve on a scale, just to be fair. And I'd also, I would throw throw Judge in in the A plus category as well with with Holmes. I think I think they've been super, um, you know, better than we could have even expected. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I would, I would still give Seve an A plus just because of the expectations for him coming into the year. Not only has he been healthy, he's been super effective. A plus plus for uh, Cortez and Tyone, um, and just A plus plus all the extra credit. Anything you could think of to Gold Stars to Matt Blake as well for for the job he's done. Uh, so let's go around the infield as well. So Josh, Josh Donaldson started off brutal, but he, and he was really coming along well, uh, before everything happened with Tim Anderson and then COVID IL and then hurt his shoulder. So we'll see how long he's going to be out for, but I guess for Donaldson, I would do something in the, I don't know, C plus range for Donaldson so far. I, I'd give him a C, satisfactory. So I'm I'm cool with that. And I I, I would probably give um you know if we move over to IKF, I'd probably give him a B minus. He's been good, but you know there's there's room for improvement there. Yeah, there's room for improvement defensively too. And I think we were looking for a better defensive showing, considering the hype around his fielding ability when he was uh, brought over, and also he was just dragged down by a, a brutal, brutal first couple weeks of the season at the plate. Then he really turned it on, and now he's kind of plateaued a bit. Torres, I'm, I'm going A-minus because he is getting – his slugging percentage just keeps on climbing. Another home run on Thursday. He's already eclipsed last year's home run total, so the power is back. Another home run to right field also yesterday. So he continues to uh, to use all fields. The defense has dramatically improved. It's his best defensive season in terms of DRS since his uh, rookie year in 2018. So Torres, good grade from me. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably give Torres a B plus and then stick in kind of at who plays second or third. I, I'd give, um, I'd give uh, LeMahieu a B probably and Torres a B plus. Yeah, I think a B is good for for LeMahieu. He's obviously been super valuable in the field. Uh, been great at third base too when they've needed him there. He had the the wrist issue, so who knows how much that affected him, but he had a home run yesterday as well and has certainly looked a lot better than last year when I think the injury hurt him, but obviously he's still not performing like 2019 and 2020, so we'll see if if that can improve. And I'd probably give the same B, B-plus-ish to Rizzo. Uh, defense would be A. Offense would be closer to, I'd say, I don't know, B-minus, B. So, I, I, I don't know. I guess I guess B-plus. Yeah, I'd probably give him a B just because you like a little more consistency with the bat. You can't dis- discount how bad he was in May. Um, and we kind of skipped over, not intentionally, I guess, but, you know, going out to the outfield and thinking about right field. We, we, we didn't talk about Stan, but um, you know, Stan's been, been really good. I would give him an A as well. hundred um, percent. And then the other outfielders that we didn't talk about in Gallo and Hicks, I would give them an F. Both, um, both an F. Yes. Both and I'd an also F. give Higgy an F. Yep. And I'd give Trevino um, 
uh, I'd give Trevino uh, probably an A because uh, I mean, I know it's like, okay, you're kind of grading him on a scale, but out of the catcher position with what he's done with the bat and the way he's looked defensively and the way he's worked with the pitching staff, you have to take all that into account. I'd give Trevino and, and that that's my last A. All right. So how about Boone? Um, I'd, I'd give him a B plus. I think he's been really good. Um, for, 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 for this, this far into the season, they've had some injuries to deal with. Uh, I, I, I would, I'd give Boone a B plus. I think he's been very good. All right. How about some of the other relievers? I mean, King was on his way to an A plus and now he's kind of struggled a little bit. So I think he still gets a, you know, B, B plus in, in my book, even, yeah, I know he's been struggling lately, but was just so dominant at the start of the season. And I still think he can get back to, to that. So he'll get a, a B plus for me. And I think Wandy would probably get around, around the same. Yeah. I, 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 they're, they're both in that B range, whereas I'm definitely failing Chapman and the Weisiger, um, all, and, all and, the- and, and, and I'd be, I'd be tempted to fail or maybe a D to Castro. He's just terrifying because he can lose the zone at any time. He is, but he's been okay. He had, he got out of a big jam in the first game of the series. That's true. Um, his, you know, his ERA doesn't really show how thrill a minute he is out there, but uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'll give him a, I'll give him a C he's satisfactory. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think, I think the overall, the report card is strong. Got it. We only got two F's or no, we got four F's. Cause I'm no, we've got Hicks, Hicks, Higgy, uh, Gallo. Gallo. Yeah. And then uh, Chapman and, and Chapman. Oh, and Loisaga. Yeah. So, I'm which also, I think I think Loisaga's grade could dramatically improve by the yeah. next semester or whatever, depending we'll on how long it takes for him to come back. All right, uh, and then team overall, I'd, I'd say A. I'd say A. You have yeah. to. I, I maybe an A plus in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A plus. I mean, if you have the best record in the league, you have to get an A plus. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's those are the rules. So, all right, well, well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say we've got Detroit coming into town now. Another potential for series win or a sweep and a good way to start the series with Cole on the mound against Elvin Rodriguez, who has uh, he was just recalled last month, has only made five appearances this season. Two of them starts. Uh, he actually threw four scoreless in his last start against Cleveland, but you, you look at him and he should be someone the Yankees should take advantage of. We've obviously seen the Yankees fail to score runs against some random pitchers, but I mean, he averages 93 on his fastball and he throws it over half the time. So this seems like someone the Yankees should be able to square up and easily take this series opener. But again, this is also sometimes the kind of pitcher that the Yankee offense inexplicably can't hit. Yeah, I, I think um, we've we've seen that before, but I also think the Yankees have an opportunity to sweep every series because they always have the advantage pitching wise. Uh, I mean, unless you're playing a team like the Rays, it's just it, it's it's great. Uh, I you know the Yankees have have the advantage in every game this series, so we'll see what happens. But they took care of business against the Angels, and now we look to do the same against the you know a struggling Tigers team here. So we'll see uh, we'll see what that looks like coming into Yankee Stadium. Um, I'm going to give the belt from the last series um, to the same as uh, how do we not give it to the starting rotation? I'll give it to Tyone because he almost pitched a perfect game, but looking ahead to to the next series, uh, my prediction for the belt is going to be, um, I, I, I'm going to go with GT for Libertores. 
That's a solid one. I agree with your belt for last series, and I will go with Miggy for the belt for mm-hmm. uh, for this weekend. See him get a couple doubles. But uh, we should just pick the rotation every time moving <laughs> forward. But yeah, we would never lose. Yep. But uh, all right, man. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Again, make sure everybody rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time after a morning game on Sunday, 1135. Don't forget, but we'll talk to you then. All right, let's go Yankees.